But, you know, it, that is uh, kind of the funny thing about this Sunday is uh, with all the, the celebration around Christmas is it's, it's sort of easy to just kind of, kind of gloss over what we remember today. It's easy to just sort of pass over as, as somewhat unimportant that reading from Luke chapter 2 where Jesus is presented at the temple. But it's actually here in this reading that, that Luke tells us something very profound about Jesus, actually. Listen to, uh, to what Luke writes and, and records here again in, in Luke 2, verse 22. It says, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. See, Jesus here, he's presented at the temple according to the law of the Lord. Jesus is presented, the one who is God. The one who is the very word of God. The one who brought this law of Moses. And he now becomes subject to this law in order that he might fulfill this law. See, Jesus' ministry is marked by coming to fulfill what we could not. That we who, who are imperfect, who fail to keep the law of God, Jesus comes to stand and be that one who perfectly fulfills that for us. And so we ought not just gloss over this text, because here we discover that Jesus is this perfect fulfillment of the law of God on our behalf. And then as Jesus is brought to the temple to be presented, to, to fulfill this law, we meet this man. We meet this man named Simeon. Luke writes in verse 25, says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Luke makes a point to tell us that this man, Simeon, was righteous and devout, obedient to God, faithful in his worship of the God of Israel. And this man, he had received this promise from God. As he, like many others, were waiting for this consolation of Israel, waiting for God's Messiah and Savior to come, he received this promise. Then this vision of the Holy Spirit, he was told, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Christ. Now you have to imagine that, that over the years, even this righteous and faithful, devout man like Simeon had to have his doubts from time to time. As he likely would have spent his entire life living in Israel under the Roman occupation. Living under their, their oppressive rule. And as, as many so-called Christ's had come, eventually Simeon had to have his doubts. 
Are we ever going to see the real thing? Are we just going to see a bunch of these imposters? But then one day, Simeon does something that he likely did all the time. Luke writes in verse 27, And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles for glory to your people, Israel. See, Simeon, in this mundane, unmiraculous sign of of a young child being presented in the temple, is able to discern something about what God is doing. See, we're told in Scripture there there was nothing spectacular about Jesus. Nothing physically about him that that would attract Simeon to him. But it's here in this child born to the family of a humble laborer that he is able to see the salvation of God. When everyone else was looking for God to come in this spectacular, to come as a royal king, to come in power, to come with a great army and overthrow the Roman rule, Simeon is able to see God present. He's able to see the beginning of God's salvation in this tiny child. Not in the miraculous, not in the spectacular, but in the common and the mundane, Simeon witnesses God's salvation. And therefore, he proclaims, Lord, now, now because I've seen this, I've seen this humble child who has come to redeem us, now I can depart in peace according to your word, because in this I have seen your salvation. Salvation that you have prepared here in the eyes of all people. Salvation that will be a light to the Gentiles. It will be the glory of your people Israel. In Jesus, this tiny child, Simeon witnesses the salvation of God, present in human history. It wasn't miraculous, it wasn't spectacular, but it was in the common and the mundane that God has come to us to make his salvation known. And I think many of us, we we certainly desire to see God's salvation. Uh, I think that's on the heart of all of God's people. You know, I was thinking uh, just during the children's message, hearing, uh, hearing crying children and, and hearing uh, the squeaks and the noises uh, of, of young children in our congregation, I heard in that the desire of the families of this congregation that their children would grow up and that their eyes would see the salvation of God. It's near and dear to all of our hearts to see God's salvation. And when we look out into the world, we certainly, we, we desire, we long to see the day that God would reveal his salvation. We live in a world that's just torn apart by war and violence. And in the midst of all of that, we want to see God's salvation. We want to see it 
present before us. We want, to, we want Him to make it known to us. Or it seems like every time we turn on the news, reports of, of another mass shooting, and in the midst of all of that, we want to see God's salvation, don't we? We want to see an end to the violence. We want to see God come and, and overthrow all of the evil in this world. We want to see that salvation come to us. And we look around just on the streets of our very neighborhood and, and you see homelessness and you see poverty and you see need. People with nothing. And in the face of that, we want to see God's salvation, don't we? When it seems like there's more need in this world for any of us to be able to do anything about it, we want to see God's salvation. Or as we deal with sickness, or we walk with family members dealing with sickness, or, or we lose loved ones, we want to see God's salvation. And then if we turn inward, it doesn't get any better, does it? We turn inward, and that sight makes us want to see God's salvation. As we constantly battle temptation, the cycle of sin that never seems to come to an end, and we, we want to cry out, God, show us your salvation. As mistakes destroy relationships, we want to see healing and we want to just cry out, God, come. My eyes want to see your salvation. We want to be Simeon, right? We want to see God's salvation before us. We want to take him up in our arms and proclaim, God, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. You know, sometimes I wonder... If the issue is whether God has failed to reveal his salvation so much as it is that we don't have the eyes to see it. Because we have this God who has a habit of revealing his salvation, not in the miraculous and the spectacular, but revealing his salvation to us in the common and the mundane. I saw a, uh, an image on, uh, on social media a couple weeks ago that a, a friend of mine from seminary shared. It was a picture of, of a military chaplain standing before uh, two young soldiers. And they're in the midst of a battlefield. Uh, and it appeared to be uh, to a World War II era photo. And these two young soldiers were kneeling before this chaplain as he placed a wafer on their tongue. And it's there in that photo that we witness God's salvation. Body broken, blood shed, poured out for our forgiveness. It may not be miraculous or spectacular, but that is God's salvation coming to us in the midst of a war-torn world. Or we see it in the midst of a family 
a family whose loved one was robbed from them by evil and violence. And as their loved one is taken from them, rather than desiring revenge, they're able to speak forgiveness. They're able to speak their desire that the one who took their loved one from them would come and find the forgiveness in Jesus. It's not miraculous. It's certainly not spectacular. But that is God's salvation. Evident in his word of forgiveness to us. We see it in God turning lowly beggars, people with nothing, and through baptism, making them heirs of the kingdom of God. It's not spectacular. It's not miraculous, but it is God's salvation. And we hear those words of salvation. When in the midst of our labor and our struggles against sin, God comes to us and says once again, your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It may not be spectacular, but that is God's salvation. It's salvation that we get to see with our eyes. We get to hear with our ears. We get a taste and we get a touch when we come to the altar. It's common. It's mundane. It may not seem all that great or spectacular, but it is without a doubt God's salvation coming to us in the midst of a broken and sinful world. And because that salvation has come to us, because we have seen it with our eyes and heard it with our ears and tasted it and touched it, we can go in peace. We can go in peace and we can proclaim that peace to a world in turmoil. A world that is without peace. God sends us, people who are unmiraculous, people who are not all that spectacular, to go and proclaim his salvation. That the world might, too might see and behold the salvation of our God. And that they too might discover that peace. Because we've seen that salvation, we get to live each and every day in hope that we have a God who is coming again. To restore all things, to drive out sin and evil, that we could live forever with him in his kingdom. Our God's salvation may not be all that spectacular. But after all, we worship a God who has a way of working through the common and the mundane. He works through mangers in Bethlehem and crosses on Calvary. It may not appear miraculous. It may not appear spectacular. But that is God's salvation. And because we've seen it, we can depart in his peace. Amen.